You're listening to Playback, a Variety iHeartRadio podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. I'm talking to actor Jason Clark today, who you may have just seen in Mudbound, if you caught that Oscar-nominated film last year. He's starring as Ted Kennedy this year in Chappaquiddick, a story of the late politician's fateful 1969 car accident on Martha's Vineyard. We talk about that and preparing for such a psychologically complex role on today's show. So sit tight. This is Playback. Oh, there was one. Oh, okay. Thank you. So, if you want to sit over here, you can sit out. No, I'm actually, fine. we don't have. Yeah, back. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. All right. Oh wait, where's my computer, Dan? Uh, so Two. What's yours name? What's his name? Grab the phone, please. Actually, uh, his name's Foster. Sorry, Foster. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like the Where beer. Where, where? <laughs> like a very famous shoemaker in London. It's uh, kind of a Charles Foster Kane thing. Okay, it's nice. Citizen Kane deal. So. You enjoying it? You can't not enjoy it. That's awesome. It I mean, is. you know, it's exhausting at times, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm full on weekend this weekend with the dude. <laughs> well, so my wife, you know, she's about to give birth, and she's a little bit sick, so it's like she needed some rest. And he was just, you know, he's just up and at it. Yeah. And he's just, he's also a bit, you know, because another baby coming along, he feels a bit, you know, he can't sleep with mum, or mum can't sleep in his bed, or she'll put him to bed sometimes, and he'll wake up and she's not there. It's me there, you know. And, yeah. So he's finding it a bit strange like that. So he's just been... I think that he can't sit on her anymore, that there's another baby. You know, you can feel it. Something oh, like, yeah, yeah, These yeah. little special times is the only... You know, you know, That's the, the way our cat was. <laughs> the cat could tell there was this the other lump in the something way. going on. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, so with these mics, if, you can, if you're able to lean in a little bit like right, this, that'd be yeah. great, yeah. Yep. And we're up and running, so let's go. Mm-hmm. We've got Jason Clark here today. Hello. Jason is the, uh, you've seen him in stuff like Everest, which by the way, I want to talk to you about Everest in a minute. That movie was great because it made me feel like I didn't have to go climb Everest. Like Uh, I I did it. Climbers actually said it was the most realistic they'd seen of, you know, their expedition to Everest in terms of being on the mountain. Yeah. I felt, you know, satisfied. I don't have to (laughs) go do that now. (laughs) Terminator Genesis. I don't need to to go to Everest to know that it's cold. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Great Gatsby, Zero Dark Thirty, Mudbound last year, and we're talking to him today because of Chappaquiddick, which is a great film, uh, which we're going to dive into in just a moment. But I actually wanted to start by wrapping up last year for you a little bit mm. with Mudbound. I mean, that was a long haul from Sundance, January, yeah. all the way through the award season. Dee gave that impassioned speech at the Spirit she Awards. Did, yeah. And uh, then, of course, the Oscars. Did you go to the Oscars? Went to the Oscars. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, what was that night like? What was it like wrapping up that long haul for that movie? And particularly just that speech that you were there for at the Oscars. It was funny, you know, when I, when, when I went up to give that speech behind the mic, you can't hear what's going on. So mm-hmm. I'm standing there and I can see Dee's getting into it. I'm mm-hmm. watching her. I know her a bit to, to know when she's actually switched right on. And um, I could hear bits and pieces of it. And then it wasn't until afterwards that I actually went through and read it mm-hmm. on the piece of paper. And then, you know, people were talking about it. We came off stage. I knew that she'd said something. And then and then I actually, you know, I watched it on a, uh, on a video, the, you know, the, the following day. I mean, I, you know, I always expect Dee to come up with something intelligent and from the heart 
and that is relevant. And um, so I was, I was very happy for her that she decided to, you know, put words to her thoughts and, and yeah. tell a whole bunch of people. We had her on the show last year, actually, or not last year, earlier in the year. Did you? Around January or so. She's great. Uh, yeah, r- she really is, Really yeah. headstrong. Yeah. Really just, uh, you know, w- what was... Uh, just that full experience of Mudbound, because it is a full experience. Yeah, I mean, that's like 14 months, I mean, you know, you know yeah, just I mean, goes, after you've made yeah. it, you know. Well, it even goes back to really before when it started, when, yeah. you know, I mean, a lot of these independent films now, and that was a big film, big cast, in terms of just numbers and all that, and locations and shooting days and war, World War Two, and, mm-hmm. you know, spend, you know, 10 years or 15 years. Um, so it was touch and go right to the very, very end in terms of trying to make that budget work, the pages work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was stressful, particularly for the producers, you know, mm-hmm. for the actors involved. And, and everybody really did literally and figuratively have to come together to, 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 to be able to shoot that film to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know? So that was the lead up to it. Um, before we shipped out to New Orleans. And the shoot was, you know, it's brutal in, in uh, New Orleans that time of the year, mm-hmm. particularly on the cruise. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're out there, we were, and we were out there, and there was nowhere, there was no shade. Yeah. You know, for the for the grips, the gaffers, you know, the, the prop department, everyone, everyone was working very, very what hard. What time of year was it? When was it? Uh, it was summer. Yeah, just middle of yeah, summer. Yeah, it was like, it was, it was the middle of summer, you know, and then you get the big rains. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to shut down because there's an electrical storm coming in. Mm-hmm. But but the heat was, was, was intense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the Oscars, you know, got to see and then Mary. the Oscars, yeah. And I still finally saw Mary sing that song. Yeah. <laughs> I went, I went, actually, I went to the Oscars for two reasons. I wanted to see Mary sing that live, uh-huh. you know, because I loved that song. And I thought mm-hmm. it was such a, you know, like an old, good old-fashioned acting theatre ensemble that, you know, our, one of our main actresses had written and performed a song. Yeah, yeah. just happened to be one of the great singers ever. <laughs> um, so I loved seeing that. And I thought she just, I mean, you can see what that woman can do. I mean, my God, she can sing. And yeah. whether you were there. Yeah. No, um, I wasn't there, actually. I was watching. And then I went to see Gary Oldman win. You know, he was my a drama school and, you know, and going into drama school. He was the guy that we all used to, you know, that's the man. Yeah. You know, that was the guy uh, that was, you know, we were able to watch his performances. You, know, you got a favorite one of his performances? Pick up your ears, pick up I love. Yeah. I mean, the first time I met Gary on Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I insisted that we that we do the photo of, of him with Joe Orton and me as as as, as um, uh, what's his name? What's the other character's name? The one Alfred Molina. I can't remember the character's name, but you know I was Alfred and Gary was it. And I just sent it out to three or four of my friends from drama school. You know, it was him and you know he had that. You know, it was just it was one of those wonderful, funny things. I loved him, and he, I, was, I was very happy to be there when he won. He's one of the greatest actors I've ever seen. Yeah. on celluloid. Yeah, absolutely. Truly. Uh, speaking of that, actually, uh, you know, also from last year was War for the Planet of the Apes. What did you think of where Matt took that final chapter of the uh, of his trilogy? Or I guess it became his trilogy. It started with Rupert, but, you know. It really did. I mean, he made three films. I mean, no, he made he two made films, two, but, it, but there was three it became, in trilogy. Yeah. Um, I, thought it was, I thought it was wonderful. I mean, yeah. it felt like, you know, it's, The Sopranos. I love the ending of The Sopranos. I love the ending of, of what Matt did. Mm-hmm. You know he's um, you know, and then he's doing Batman. I mean, he's the right guy for it. He's he has a, a depth and a simplicity at the same time, and uh, that's exactly what it went. I mean, it, it moved you as well as it felt like the ending of something. It completed it in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know, and did did. Uh has he reached out to you to play Batman yet? <laughs> Come on, let's break some news. I hope he's getting ready to knock on my door. <laughs> no, I love Matt. We had him on the show too. We did had Gary yeah, on the show. You're, all these people guy. we've had on the show, it's kind of awesome. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk about Chapman. Some great people. You really are. It's awesome, dude. Yeah, like it is, my yeah. job is ridiculous. So, uh, Chappaquiddick. This movie premiered at Toronto, right? Yes. Last year, Toronto Film Festival. It's yeah. about the time I saw it. Uh, I think this movie's great. Thank um, you. You play uh, Ted Kennedy, and and obviously the episode with the car and the Chappaquiddick Bridge and all of that. And uh, before we get into the, kind of the serious matters, this Massachusetts accent, you always have to talk to actors about that. Uh, is it is it as tricky as they say? I mean, is it a weird? Uh, it is tricky place to get into. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's one of the great accents. Like it's a clear cut. Yeah, you know, sound. I mean, Kennedy is in a different sound to that, but you've got to be able to do Massachusetts and New England. Yeah, for starters, and and, it, and it's anytime you get a wonderful, strong voice, it adds to the character. You know, it gives you some idea of. Where their energy lies, you know, you know the different types of people over that. You know, I mean, the, America's wonderful. It's got so many different, you know, localized. Australia doesn't have many different accents. England has, right. you know, hundreds of them. Right. But America's got a, a bunch too. And, and and I've always loved it. That was my first jobs in Rhode Island doing, you know, Providence and and I, and um, and so to go back to it, but to do it for a full fourteen hour or fifteen hour day is, yeah, it hurts. Mm-hmm. This movie is it's it's about human frailty. Uh, you know, it's about like. The corruption of that moral compass. I mean, when you're watching him try to salvage things, it 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 makes you cringe. I mean, throughout, yeah. really. I mean, yeah. that, talk about that quality of the script when you read it, and that quality in the making of the movie, because it's got to be like a tightrope walk to pull that kind of an atmosphere off, but also not make you hate the guy fully. You know, it's yeah. just it's just this interesting balance, right? So it is. I mean, that was one of the, the toughest things. You know, when I decided I wanted to do this, was that, and and for every you know the directors that we then talked to, was that how do you, how do you follow a lead character, when he commits a heinous act or crime, mm-hmm. very early on, and it's, it is very difficult you know, because you don't want to hate the person, but you don't also want to you know sentimentalize it or, or re you know rewrite the and the script stuck to the facts, and the more we went down that road. And examine them through books and publications and court records. It was, you know, they were pretty close, and they didn't sensationalise, you know, the 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 sensational stuff of like the affair and that. But to you, what what you said is correct. The frailty, watching a man, watching a man be responsible for his own moral corruption. For his own moral destruction, almost, you know, mm-hmm. to save himself. I mean, we all want to live. We all want to save ourselves. You know, it's natural for any man to kind of, or any woman, any person to want to come up and grab air and breathe and live and survive. Mm-hmm. Um, he has many, many opportunities, Ted, to be true to the truth in his soul. And he keeps taking these small little diversions, mm-hmm. um, which then I think John, as a filmmaker, has shown lead to, you know, even without giving away too much, you know, it changes the way you feel about the 2008 speech at the Democratic Convention. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's no getting away from what Ted did. Yeah. There's no getting away from, but, you know, to sit inside that week or that 10 days as he slowly goes into this rabbit hole and takes so many different paths and to sit there, you know, we want to bring an intimacy to that mm-hmm. to, so that you could actually see that. That it's not some great big powerful machination. Or it's not, not some. It's 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 personal responsibility. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think for anything and everyone, it is personal responsibility, and and to to understand that choice, you have to be very close to Ted. Mm-hmm. 
And I, you know, and that was the document I loved. It. You, the Kennedys, so you're always at a distance. It's a, it's a Kennedy, you know. Yeah. That's the Kennedys, and you're never going to totally know anybody until you've walked a mile in their shoe, you know. And we wanted to kind of give an, a sense of that of of walking a mile in Ted's yeah. shoes, so that you could understand that how this happens, yeah, and why it happens. You know, it's very easy to dismiss dismiss something very simple like at the beginning and say. You know, when he says, I'm, I'm not going to be president, and go, oh, my God, what a cheap, you know, bullshit line. What a silly. And, and, and it is. There's no denying that. But you also, through this whole story, and I think the world we live in now, you understand the magnitude of what that means. Yeah. Not just to you, but to so many people. Yeah. Family, friends, history, past, the world at large even. Um, and so, you know, that, that moral journey is the heart of the frailty of the human soul and spirit. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting to live. We want to live. Yeah, and there's there's so – I mean, there's so much complexity and dimension even beneath that because it's not just a guy who did something horrible and tries to cover it up. I mean, there's a reason no. he's trying to deal with it in that way. It's because oh, yeah. of what weighs on him. It's because of the external forces in his it's life. It's because of time. Dude, literally, you know, you swim around in that in that pool. You try and find her in the ocean. You can't. Time passes and you're exhausted. Your back's, you know, because you broke your back from the plane crash, you're lying on the grass. All of a sudden, half an hour's gone. Then the mind kicks in. Yeah. You know, and then, and then, of course, it's natural to go to whatever place. I mean, these are things that when I was trying to get ready for this role, I wanted to explore... That you, the so that you can see, see the exploration on screen so that you, the audience, can explore it as well. As time passes, your mind starts to think about it, mm-hmm. about the reality. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I always think no matter what happens, and I went down this road with people and talking to them, no matter what happens, you cannot justify, and he says it in the speech at the end, you cannot justify the fact that he did not report this immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is particularly when you realize she asphyxiated you know, yeah. or there's a very good chance that she did. Yeah. It was lack of air before the water drowned her. Yeah. Um, it's unforgivable. He says it, um, you know, whether he's stuck by it, though, but that you can't get around. Yeah. You know, I remember I was, I was arguing, I was trying to just, I'd, I'd argue it out with, with friends. I was an old drama school exercise of, like, trying to justify my things, you know. Mm-hmm. They were both in the car, they were both drunk, you know, somebody, you know, why should I give, you know. Um, and, you know, and one of my very good friends just turned and said, well, what if it was his mother? Would he have done the same thing? I thought, yep. Yeah, I mean, it always comes to the bad. You know? Yeah. He should have gone straight to Dyke House, got on the phone, and got the dive around there. Yeah. But once you go past that and through that, you can see how, you know, the mind will work it. You know, Ted does so many wrong things. He picks up the phone in the, in the, in the police room and calls the mother because that is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And you see that Ted is conscious. So we, you know, he was conscious through these decisions. He switches off at certain points. Mm-hmm. You know, the kite flying, he just wants to fly his kite and wear his brother, you know, his dead brother's jumpers mm-hmm. um, and just go back to those, you know, wonderful days in Hyannis where they were a family and a group. Yeah. You know? I mean, there, there is a lot of complexity to this when you go down. There's the historical side of the Kennedys. You know, it, it's, it's you know, man's about to land on the moon, which Jack set in place. You know, 70-something or 80-year-old Joe Sr. is preparing for a great weekend to watch, you know, mm-hmm. the achievements of his much-loved son who was shot dead. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd lost three kids, lost three boys to um, service of his country. Yeah. You know, and so... On that on that day, we'd expect this this old man to have some joy and some memories. If he's had a stroke, he's you know he gets a phone call that his youngest son's driven off a bridge and killed a woman. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's a lot. There's a lot going on. Bruce Dern plays him in the film. Bruce Dern amazing plays in the film. Yeah, and Bruce was a scary dude, <laughs> but in a wonderful dude. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it's, it's like it's it's easy to sum that up and go, 
stern, overriding father, but that's not the point. You know, that, you know if you know Joe Kennedy, I mean, and I hope that this film encourages people to learn more of the history. If you know, he was a he was a, he was a big achiever, good and bad. But yeah. there are a family of big achievers. Yeah, greatness is not just you know I'll never love you. It's it's um, it's you know this family expected greatness. He expected greatness mm-hmm. on, on whether it's manners or education or learning or achievement or going to work, you know, in service of your country. Um, he was accustomed to no less. He was accustomed to no less, yeah. and you know, of great resp- of great wealth comes great responsibility. You know, yeah. and 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 I do believe that you know that family did, you know, uh, believe that. You know, they might have abused it and used it. And, you know, there's a lot to argue, but but um, you know, and that was the weight on Ted as well, of all of his brothers. You mm-hmm. know, and you can watch all of their journeys. Even you know, Jack from crippled boy, sick boy, to president of the United States. Yeah, from you know. Uh, Bobby from, you know, right-wing hatchet man for Senator McCarthy, mm-hmm. you know, to the great burning liberal of our times, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that inspired a lot of the, you know, the, the, you know President Obama, President Clinton, a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know. It was a family of great journeys, you know, and, and, and even, you know, you could even say, um, even, you know, Joe Sr. himself to begin with, you know, from... You know, Boston boy to ambassador for England to billionaire to behemoth to, re, you know, doing the movie industry to mm-hmm. a lot of things, you know. Was he there was any in... involvement from the family? No, did, did no, no. No reaching no, no, out no, no, to no, them at no, all? I don't think you'd expect that. I <coughs> yeah, mean, of course, I, but I didn't know yeah, if, well, like, I, you, for your performance, if you wanted no. to. I met Ted very quickly years ago at a boat race, but I, it's like there's so much to watch out there. There's so much yeah. to listen to. And not just Ted, but. You know his brothers. I mean, the speeches and the and the rhetoric and the, what they wrote and the things that they did as well. There's so much to watch that you can learn what it's like to be the younger brother. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I read all of their books to go to, to put it in an order. I read about you know the father first, the patriarch, and then and then Jack, and then Bobby. And you go, you feel the weight of like, my God, these men around me, this family. Yeah. You know, and here here I am, and I've just driven off a bridge. Um, but you know, with the with regards, I remember I met you know on Everest, I met. Sarah and Jan, you know, Sarah, the unborn daughter mm-hmm. at the time, and Jan, the wife, and, and I really enjoyed that, and, and, and that really helped. But for this as an actor, I don't think this would have helped. Yeah. You didn't need any... You didn't, I didn't need any personal connection to people. I mean, we knew they have children. I mean, I, you know, I'd read a lot. You know, I know that, that Teddy's, you know, Senator Kennedy's children are still alive and have been through a lot. A lot as a family, mm-hmm. post way post this, you know, and you can say they've got nothing to deserve it. But you know, this is not a hatchet job on Ted. You know, yeah. you can go and look at what he did after this. You know, and there's it's a lot of it is unarguably some of the some of the greatest senatorial achievement yeah. in this country's history. I mean, we now understand how difficult it is to pass legislation and what a great responsibility and privilege that is to be a senator, yeah. and how at the moment. The current bunch on both sides can't pass anything right. of any great worth or mm-hmm. lasting capacity, and Ted did. What about uh, you know? How do you go about av- avoiding uh, an impersonation? Like, how do you find the essence of someone when you're playing yeah. a real person? In particular, that with was this super project? important. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was super important. Not to mimic this, you know, not to yeah. be a. You know, it was, and I guess that started. I guess that started with my look, even. You know, mm-hmm. you said you had Gary on here. I, we were never going to do prosthetics and full on. You know, so it was always going to be, you know, Angie Bremen, who I worked with, my hair and other films. She, let's do a wig. You know, let's just give that that classic line. 
and then we said, you know, with John, I said, let's do some teeth, you know, because my teeth are very small and crooked in my mouth, whereas Ted's are a bit bigger than mine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got that Kennedy smile. And, mm-hmm. and so we went down that, and that took months to get them right. Mm-hmm. I mean, months, just the thinness mm-hmm. so that I could still speak without a lisp. You know, mm-hmm. I had D's and T's problems for a long time until I eventually was able to thin it down to the point where my tongue would get in there. Mm-hmm. Then I had bleeding issues because you put it in for, it's okay oh, for yeah. two hours, but if you put it in for 14 or six hours, you know, you any little rub. So there was those things, but then that was enough. You know, we thought about context, no, you know, it was still... I always wanted that thing of... It had to be intimate. You had to feel like, I know Ted, but I still don't know Ted at the mm-hmm. end of it. You know, he's, just, he's still Ted Kennedy. But if you, you either accept me very early on or you don't. And I never wanted to have that, oh, my God, is that... He, he looks so exactly like him. He's... Right. You know, then it had to be just like you had to, it's, it's an emotional journey at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's a big emotional journey. And for that, the audience has got to just go in and forget about it. If you go, there's, you know, there's Jason or whatever, and he's, and he's got the thing there, and he looks exactly like him, you know, it, I think it takes you out of being with him and understand, trying to be with him enough to go, you know what, what you did is effing wrong. Or yeah. what you did is I can, un- it's wrong and I can understand it and I can... It needs like, to feel so like a real person, not like... A real person, yeah. Per- not like I can see this actor yeah. is pulling this off. It yeah. needs to look like this is... Yeah. So that was it. And then, you know, Monica and the accent, you know, the accent was very important. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once again, you find it within your tonal, and Ted's is pretty close to mine in terms of a tone. There were certain things I had to take up a little bit, but, but um, you know, I worked with Tim Monaghan. We were, you know, for months on that to get that right. And then, because um, the other thing, the world, when you go to Chappaquiddick, it's just, it's just a small little dot mm-hmm. on a small little island at the farthest point of America. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and out there is the Atlantic, and you, and you, and you see how this little bridge, and, this, and it's, it's still unchanged. And you go from there, when you watch a map of Google Earth, but you go way back, mm-hmm. and you go to the seat of power in Washington. It was always, but then this little, you know, with a little ferry and a small little house, which is not that special, and the, mm-hmm. and the bridge is not that wide, and the, you know, and the, the current is actually a lot stronger than people realise. But it's, it wasn't some big grand thing. It was a very small event mm-hmm. which got buried in the public thing you know, or he got away with it but then it's ripple just i think keeps going today yeah in terms where did you of, film by the way we started out on, on martha's vineyard they had a shoot yeah. they were very they get kindly gave us permission to shoot there for like two days at the end of summer we shot a lot of the bridge stuff you know and the driving in and around and that there and then and then we shot up in beverly which is northern you know north of boston and then we did the uh, water stuff in the tank at Rosarito where they did Titanic mm-hmm. at like November and freezing cold yeah. <laughs> Pacific at 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah. But it gives an intimacy, you know, to it, I think. And, and that can help you take away that, yes, the presidency and the White House and history, but little things start in small little kind of like, un, you know, unremarkable places. Mm-hmm. A did guy gets up. You know, gives an interview about his brother going to the moon, gets a plane, goes sailing, goes to a party to catch up with some people that he probably hasn't seen for a year that were there when his brother got his head blown off in front of everybody. Um, Goes for a drive, drives for a bridge, comes to, coming up for air. Yeah. I mean, what happened? Yeah. Did you cause any, any, like, uh, 
a bit of a stir, local stir at all? Because you know, oh my gosh, they're they're I guess when we reenacting saw- <laughs> essentially this huge event in our history. I think they were pretty, they were pretty cool about it. I mean, still a lot of you know, they, they love, there's a few people that love the conspiracy theories, but the island itself, I think, has been living it with it for years. Yeah. And, you, know, you know, there was there was actually one when we were filming me coming back from the ferry from making the phone call to, you know, to my assistant where he goes over to Chappaquiddick to make the you know the phone call where he won't be watched. Mm-hmm. There was a woman that came up and she was Chief Arena's daughter. Mm. And she said, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, yeah. The, you know, the people would come down and watch it a bit from the ferry, but it wasn't too out of control, and she was she was Chief Arena's daughter. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, How yeah. about John Coran, the director? Uh, this I, I loved his film The Painted Veil a, few, yeah. a number of years back. One yeah, of my so favorite movies that year. Uh, he's also done movies like Stone and Tracks. Yeah. You know, he's he always kind of... He's a solid, great filmmaker that sort of lurks below the radar for people, I kind of feel like. Um, Yeah, totally. And he was perfect, I thought, for this kind of material. So just talk about working with him. Uh, He was perfect for this kind of material, you know. I mean, I remember, you know, because I was, it was set up with another director and other people, and then, you know, they wanted to make it at a certain budget, and, you know, and then when Mark Ciardi said, okay, we'll do it with Jason, you know, my agency and my manager, we had to put that together with me in the lead. So then we had to find a director. And Robert Stein has always loved John Carr, and I've known John for a while, you know, and, I'm, and it was like, but I, you're right, the same thing. I, hadn't, like, I, I went back and I watched The Painted Veil again, I watched Tracks. So I thought, you know what, John? And, and then John and I just spoke, and he was just passionate about it. I mean, he was from up there, he knew this, and... I knew this guy was going to deliver a film. It might even be my idea of what I loved, or the writers, or whatever, you know. And John, but he's one of those rare directors that that will make their own movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to deliver you a film, and I know it's good. like Peter Weir does that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you always know you're getting a great film with Peter. Yeah. And I think with John, you're getting the same thing. You know, I mean, look, any script is any film is as good as its script mm-hmm. to begin with. But um, John was he was tough. I mean, because him and I were all, you know, it was always about, it was always about that line with Ted, you know, about how much to, to show, to not show how much guilt, remorse, mm-hmm. frustration, anger. I mean, Ted has, you know, he has, I mean, he has a different relationship to, to grief, to pressure, to responsibility than anybody mm-hmm. because of the life he's led and the choices he's made and the people he's had around him and... The things that he's seen, you know, and also his options, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're different. So it was all John and I were always wrestling, and you know, it was like the, the first, the, the easiest scene was the one in the phone call, it was one of the early ones. The phone we shot that, you know, when I call my dad, mm-hmm. and um, he says alibi. You know, for you know, for some reason, I got that exactly right for John. Mm-hmm. Bang, that was great. I think that's it. Let's just do one more for safety. We do one more for safety, and then moved on. The day in the police office. You know, when he goes back, Ted mm-hmm. goes back and makes three phone calls, which was one of the hardest days I've ever had shooting anywhere, mm. if not the hardest. Um, it's because it of the roller coaster of what's going on. The roller coaster, yeah. and John was just brutal. He just kept making me do it. I don't have this, Jason. I don't have that, Jason. You need to go again. We need... And he just kept pushing me and shoving me and really demanding. I was out of my mind. <laughs> I mean, I was. I was out of my you know, Because they're three very different photo phone calls. Mm-hmm. And I guess... You know, at the end of the day, he said, you know what, I don't have it. So, we're, you know, go to bed, we're going to come back and do it again tomorrow. And that was a big call on so many levels. I'd had enough at that point. I mean, I just like, dude, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm, I'm out of my mind here. <laughs> and second of all, you know, 
you know, we're, we're, we're on a tight budget here, so everyone's like, but John Pahitamani was right. And you come... You know, I think it was getting that perverted, you know, that's the right word, skewered state of Ted's mind as he's got good and bad, right and wrong, and half and full, and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to... Through those three calls, it's, it is so much going. He rings. He knows the right thing to do is to call his mother. Bang, the mother. He does. He tells her, and it's and even goes through the can she serve the family with grace and and then all he hears just a woman bawling on the phone. It's collapsed. And it's just it's just mind exploding as he's you know because he's he sat out the whole morning having croissants, just going you know what yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna try you know because he totally doesn't care but it's just deep in the recesses of like this can't have happened yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it sounds fascinating for an actor to, to it was a play Ringo and John was and John was great in really, you know, <clears throat> really making me walk a line of keeping it, as you said at the moment, totally keeping it real, never falling into like let's just show remorse or guilt or let's show conniving or whatever. John was also let's just explore it and live it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he dem- totally demanded staying in you know in the reality and just living it. Yeah. You know, even like the walk across the street, anything. It was all. It was if it ever went too much or an obvious thing, like like here's an easy note. You know, like hide somebody come. You know, no, he was never bang. Just this is it, man. Let's just do it. Yeah. And at the end, it, it cumulatively adds up, and it cumulatively, I think, makes his ending real. I mean, what he's put on at the end there. Mm-hmm. You know that. You know that's him. I think it takes this intense journey about one man, his family, his community, his area. His democratic machine, mm-hmm. and then leaves you with we the people. Yeah, and even actually, you know, to two thousand and eight. Yeah, and it and it can't help. You know, and you can't help but feel something different when you go back and listen to Ted's eulogy at, at Bobby's funeral. You go back and watch that live. You know, the, the video of it mm-hmm. of Bobby getting shot and all that. You realise where Ted is and what he's. You know, you realize he's watching it. Yeah, at the same time. And then you listen to his eulogy, and it, and it changes your feeling. You can't, you know. I mean, you listen to all the eulogies at Ted's funeral, all the big politicians. Mm-hmm. And if you've just gone through this, you go, well, you know. I mean, it changes your idea of certain things. It, it affects it, and um, absolutely. And that's what I think is is interesting in We the People. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a fascinating family to say the it least. It is. It's a fascinating country. It's a fascinating time. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and and this was a fascinating time. Yeah. You know, 2018 is crazy and 2017 was crazy. So was 68 and 69, arguably crazier. Let's actually talk about, I mean, I wanted to branch out a little bit uh, to talk about First Man. You're yes. in Damien Chazelle's film, yeah. First Man. Uh, you're playing astronaut Ed Higgins. Yeah, Ed White. Edward Higgins White. Ed, uh, sorry, Edward Higgins White. Uh, you know, talk about that crazy time, 69, yeah. 68. So, Working with Damien, you know, Damien's an amazing director, obviously won the Oscar. Uh, I've heard a lot of interesting things about this movie, putting it on a much bigger canvas, doing the IMAX stuff and whatnot. Yeah. And some of the things I've heard about the score sound really fascinating. Yes. But I just wanted to talk about your experience working on this movie with this guy. Um, beginning to end, he's just, you know, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's, 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 like a, he's like that juxtaposition of like a behemoth in terms of his understanding of film and his love of film and story. And he's a baby. <laughs> yeah, and, well, yeah, he's, he's a he's a he's a beautiful young man who's you know found love with Olivia and you know and and, and really. But it, you know, I, just, I, I, I despise him for being so talented. <laughs> he knows this to be so it's talented, talented and so it's young. Also his commitment, yeah, like it is. It's it's his commitment at times, and I've seen that with different directors and 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 um, you know, 
I would watch the monitor with Damien, not out of fear of what I'd done, but I'd watch his other stuff with other with a big couple of big group scenes. Mm-hmm. His eye for what he's after is is you know that's it's unique. It's really unique. Yeah, and um, that's what I think every director has. Different, you know, and different, you know, whatever it's whatever. But I was really interested in his eye because you can see it. Mm-hmm. You can see it on camera. It's like, oh wow, ah. Oh. And you would you'd watch some stuff in playback and you just go. I mean, there's a couple of moments, you know, with the astronauts going up in the thing where you just go, I'm excited for this. I'm here. I'm in it. That's me. I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually really excited. This is actually quite special. Um. So he's. You know, like all these young dudes now, like you know, you you got to be interested in what they're up to, what they're seeing, how they're seeing the world, how they're interacting with, with movies or content or videos mm-hmm. or phones or whatever. And, and and he's he's got a lot going on, Damien. He can yeah. sum up. I guess that's his writing background as well. His ability to distill story, mm-hmm. his ability to to um to really understand what he's showing in a scene. You know, he sent me a document for I me. Mean, he doesn't mind me saying this, but he sent me a document before we started shooting about, here's the film, Jason, you know, with pictures, with mm-hmm. music ideas, with, you know, what he's after in the scene. You know, on here, we're, we're really seeing, you know, Neil's Mark play with this toy here. He's just got a very clear picture mm-hmm. of what he's saying. Here, we're wide for this. Look at this, look at that for a reference if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really helpful, but it was also quite... I don't know, man. He goes to he goes to sleep dreaming of dreaming of the movie. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Did you? Are you finished with that? Everything? Finished. Yeah, yeah, he's editing now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it will be. It's also one of the great stories. Absolutely. It really is one of the the world affirming stories. Yeah. You know, and that was the weird thing with Chappaquiddick. I mean, we always the moon was always there. It is one of the world affirming stories. Yeah. Putting a man on the moon. Yeah. Regardless of. Regardless of anything that it started from, or you know, missiles in Russia and American competition at that point, the end result of that is still extraordinary. He said something great to me. He said uh, he, he wanted to. I was like, "What are you looking to get at with with what the, you know the theme of this movie? What this is going to be saying?" This was back before he started, obviously. And he said he wanted to get at what it was like when we dreamed big, mm. and you know, yeah. we don't have that pulse anymore no we don't have that pulse anymore um and it's weird i mean you can say that even even to take it back to ted and chappaquiddick at that time you know we don't have wealthy people whose children go into service i know there's a lot of cynicism around the kennedys and saying they wanted this that and the other but no you know three of his children three of his boys died giving in service to their country yeah you know they, and they all served militarily apart from you know actually apart from jack and and no apart from bobby and ted because there was no war at the time mm-hmm. but um, you know, they did. That was the notion. We had been given this, and we want to go back in, you know, and give back to the country. That doesn't happen anymore. Right. On, on all kinds of levels, everything's right. been monetized and capitalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we shot First Man, we met, you know, Gene and a few of the dudes who were there at the time. You know, and they said the, the most extraordinary thing in retrospect is how young we were, how the nation had entrusted. This youth, we were all under thirty, or mm-hmm. you know, around that age, and here we were. We were putting a man on the moon. We were running the highest, best technology, and we did it as a group. You know, and and I think that's why it's still looked upon at NASA as the golden time of achievement and giving and working for something. You know, some, for the country, for the better, for the world. Yeah, you know, it's part of it. Can't wait to see that. That's later in the year, though. Uh, for now, 
this movie's called Chappaquiddick. It opens April 6th, I believe. April 6th, yes. That sound right? Okay, yeah, yeah. good. April 6th. Go check it out. Jason Clark, uh, thanks for coming on my show, man. Really thanks, appreciate man. it. Good to see you again. You too, All the way from... Um where were we the first time? <laughs> we were at Musso and Frank. Musso and Frank's. That, that's where. That's where I like. It's such a laid back place. You yeah, know, no, no one thinks they're gonna place, like go to Musso and Frank for an interview. No, but you can have some quietness and get some, you know, <laughs> get some, get some, you know, little space there and sit and have a chat. Yeah. yeah, totally. But thanks again. Go see Chappaquiddick, everyone. Cheers.